Congress has been dealing with a constellation of issues related to federal agencies, the way they're managed, and the way they're managing their people. One member for whom those issues are close to home is Maryland Senator Ben Cardin. He joined Tom Temin and Nicole Agrisco in our studios. So you all just the other day passed a continuing resolution, seven weeks. I think the question that federal employees likely have is, is that enough time to come to some sort of more permanent funding solution that you would like to see? Well, first, uh, I'm glad that we have funding so there's no government shutdown. I'm disappointed that we don't have full-year appropriation bills done by October 1. Uh, We should get them done. We shouldn't be put on automatic pilot. Um, So we should get appropriations bills done sooner rather than later. I am confident that left to their own way, the Democrats and Republicans can come to an agreement on almost all of the appropriation issues. There's not that much of a difference. The overall numbers have been agreed to. Uh, There's not a lot of difference on the uh, underlining numbers on most of the appropriation bills. The policy differences can be reconciled. So I'm hoping that uh, as early as uh, October, we will get most of these appropriations bills done, but certainly before the CR expires in November. There are a few areas that are going to have to be negotiated that are much more difficult. The top on that list will be what to do about border security. Uh, which presents a problem because of the president of the United States. But there's also an agreement among the different parties in the Congress not to put so-called poison pill types of policy riders into the budget work. And if you will recall, that was an agreement we reached in the last Congress, and we held it. In the last Congress, of course, the Republicans controlled both the House and Senate and the White House, and we were able to keep the poison pills off of the uh, appropriation bills. In this Congress, the House, of course, is controlled by Democrats, Republicans control the Senate. We have the same agreement. So a poison pill may be defined differently in this appropriation cycle because some are defined now by Republicans by efforts by Democrats to put policy on appropriation bills. It's a good policy. We shouldn't be putting these types of, of controversial riders on an appropriation bill. They should be on authorizing bills. And let's talk about the uh, federal pay raise. That has been proposed. Surprisingly, the White House says it would go along with one. There's a House version. I think the Senate is silent on it. What should happen? Well, first of all, what is likely to happen? But what do you think ultimately should happen on federal pay? Well, first, we we should have parity between the the civilian workforce and the military workforce. That was violated last year. uh, That We should not let that happen. We have a 3.1% built into the military. Uh, That has already been fairly well agreed upon. So the civilian workforce should get a 3.1% adjustment. The House bill, as I understand, adds up to that 3.1%. The Senate bill, because it's silent, adopts a 2.6%, which is a half percent less. I am hopeful that we will get the 3.1%, but we clearly will have a cost of living adjustment of at least 2.6%. We hope it's at least 3.1%. Any estimate as to, you know, perhaps why the Senate decided to stay, to stay silent on that particular issue as opposed to throw out a, a larger number there? Uh, I think it was negotiations done uh, at the higher levels of the committee. I can tell you that uh, the regional uh, members of the Senate uh, weighed in very heavily for 3.1. We're still weighing in very heavily for 3.1. So we're going to continue to make the push to go along with the House position and to specifically provide for the 3.1. I think the Republicans uh, on the Senate said, look, 
The president's provided the numbers. We should yield to the president, let him make this decision rather than us. Therefore, we will not take a position on it, which effectively is a 2.6. So um, I'm hoping that we can resolve this in conference. We're speaking with Maryland Democratic Senator Ben Cardin. And I wanted to talk about the relocation of pieces of USDA. Some people from your district might be working in those agencies that are moving out to Kansas City. And what went wrong there? I mean, what should have been done there? And I want to make a contrast with something that happened at the Overseas Private Investment Corporation, bipartisan support for moving a piece of USAID out, combining it with OPIC. It's a new, it's not moving anywhere, but it's a new agency. So rearrangements, reorganizations are possible with congressional and White House cooperation. What went wrong with USDA? Well, first of all, the Congress was not notified. I don't think the Congress would have approved this transfer. We think it was done wrong. It was challenged uh, from the point of view of whether it's legal or not. And that's issue is not totally resolved, but uh, there's great discretion within the executive branch on what they can do. Uh, It's wrong. These, These workers should remain here in the Washington area. They should not be transferred um, halfway across the country. Uh, It's not in the interest of the mission that they carry out. Uh, And we are still trying to block it. Uh, There's some action in the appropriation process to make sure that funds cannot be used for the move. So we are still trying to keep these workers here in the Washington region because, first of all, it's right. Second of all, it's certainly not right for the workers. And just a quick follow-up on that. A lot of them have scattered already, have decided not to stay with the agency. It may be difficult to reconstitute that group. And you're exactly right, and their talent is, is pretty is pretty specialized. So it does compromise our ability to get the people we need to carry out an important re- mission. Um, we recognize that challenge. That's why we would like to see this done now in the appropriation process to make it clear to the workforce that their future is here in Washington. Are you concerned at all that what USDA has done may perhaps – set a precedent for other agencies? Is that something that you're watchful of there? Oh, absolutely. We think that you have um, management of the federal workforce in the executive branch that has little respect for the missions of these different agencies and is doing a very political calculation uh, on a lot of these relocations. I think there are efforts to try to divide and conquer in many respects, and they have very little concern about the inconvenience to the federal workforce. We see that over and over again. A lot of things they did with government shutdowns, things like that. So, uh, yes, we do think this is uh, partially a design to try to weaken the missions of many of our federal agencies. And another concern that you've had is the research and development funding for the Army moving from where it's been for a long time to the new Army Futures Command, which is also taking acquisition, seems to be almost like a black hole in some sense for a lot of Army functions. What, what are your thoughts on that? Thanks for raising that. There's a couple concerns here. One is the concern of whether the monies that Congress appropriates for medical research under Department of Defense will be used for research under the Department of Defense. We are very concerned that under the Army Futures Command, reallocation of of responsibility that the research function could get lost and funds that are intended for research would be used for other purposes. So we want to maintain the support on the medical side of the Department of Defense. By the way, this is a bipartisan effort. We have a lot of Democrats and Republicans have supported this. Um, we, We actually have the Department of Defense supporting us in this effort also. It's been the Army that has raised the issue on the the Army's Futures Command. The second point you raise is whether 
why are you changing something that's working well now? Uh, there's a lot of concern about the Army Futures Command. It's moving forward. We cannot stop it. So we have to work with the, with the uh, the way that this is coming about. We believe there's a way within the Army Futures Command that we can preserve the important work done here in our state of Maryland and preserve the the, fi- uh, the uh, financing. Uh, and that's what we're working with. Uh, there's an amendment in the appropriations bill that was approved by the Senate committee that we're trying to get in conference that really spells out just what I just said. That is Maryland Senator Ben Cardin talking with Federal News Network's Tom Temin and Nicole Legrisco. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive and hear the Federal Drive on your schedule by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.